This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, a part of the Brawl Network. We are brought to you by Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning with Brian today. His clients all over the country go to advisors.massmutual.com, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Get with Brian Conboy and get your financial future set. Today, we are also presented by the Al and Angus Pub, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, and our great friend Dave Choate. Make sure you go to Dave Choate's uh, Facebook page and check him out on Twitter. Dave Choate Artwork. He's the official painter and artist of the ML Sports Platter. Such a delight to bring him on. Have not talked to this guy in quite a while. Used to get him on all the time, radio shows, etc. Talking some Q's hoops and NCAA basketball uh, during the March Madness period of time. He is the terrific national college basketball writer and insider for the Sporting News. He's been doing it for a long, long time. One of the best in the business. He's covered who knows how many Final Fours at this particular point. He is also a Big Ten Network studio analyst and NCAA brackets for Fox Sports as well. Mike DeCourcy at TSN Mike on Twitter, sportingnews.com for more. Mike, great to have you, man. How are you? I am very well, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Obviously, just great to have it back. You know, uh, all the madness, the games, the Sweet 16, we'll get into a lot of it in depth here in a minute, but just for you, somebody who's covered the game for decades, comparing it to last year and this year, uh, what's going through your your mind, your body right now, just having this thing back? Oh, it, it, you know, it, it's wonderful to, to be exhausted once again. Let's put it that way. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, that's probably the best way to put it. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's been fantastic to have it back uh, from from what we saw in the conference tournament week which uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's easy to remember. It's easy to forget, I should say, that uh, that we lost that also last year with yeah. the exception of some of the, the mid-major leagues. Uh, we lost the conference tournaments a year ago as well, and then, of course, all of March Madness, and it's been great to have it all back. And I know that we've had some issues relative to COVID with all of that, but if you think about the fact that the NCAA tournament is a 67-game tournament, and they've played over fi- more than fifty of those to date, and and only lost, only had one game had to had to go away. That's you know, I mean, in, in a year like this, that's not you know, that's not the the worst outcome. Obviously, it's an awful thing for VCU, which had played so hard to get here and was literally hours from from taking the floor when they were informed that it wouldn't be possible. 
uh, that, that it was it was a terrible outcome for them, and, and I feel ter- feel very badly for them, uh, for the coach and the players. Uh, but it, it, in, in the circumstance that we are, and and what could have been possible, which is anything from multiple interruptions to no tournament at all, uh, I I have to think that they you know that we're fortunate to have been to this point with with the very rare issue that we have had. Syracuse. Bubble team all year. Bubble team selection Sunday. Mike, Said, they weren't even a bubble team all year. Let's true, be honest true, true, true. I stand corrected. Bubble team on selection Sunday. Yes. Constant, you know, angst in Central New York. But they get in the tournament, and then at that point, why even? Why even doubt it? Just put them in the Sweet Sixteen, right? I mean, this is Syracuse lately. Yeah, you know, I I, I will say that I pulled, I I, I picked the. Uh... The San Diego State game, and it wasn't a hard call for me. Although I really respect that San Diego State team, and if they hadn't been unfortunate enough to draw the, the orange, they might very well still be playing. They were a terrific basketball team. But it, one of the things that this March is teaching us, and 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 this is something that I think coaches have to get with uh, the, the coaches on the higher seats, the the more successful teams have to get with, is that it doesn't matter who you are or what you do like March doesn't care March cares only about one thing what can you do today yep yep and and so coaches who uh, who are very um who, who adhere very tightly to the ways they, they that they play and, and 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 with good reason because they've had magnificent success have to understand that in certain circumstances who you are and what you do is not an advantage. No matter how many games it's won for you, it, 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 it's not all of a sudden going to be like, okay, we're, we're through three-fourths of this game and nothing that we have done has worked at the level that it usually does. But it'll, it'll, but it'll get there. One, one, I, I look at, Jim has a great advantage in, in, in the tournament because of the zone yep. and its success. But think back to 2016. That team... What may, maybe made the Sweet 16 because of the zone, I don't know. But then they faced a couple of teams that were superior to them, that were just better. Uh, the the, uh, the uh, Gonzaga team in, 20, in, in, in the Sweet 16 round and the Virginia team in the Elite Eight round. And they both put them well behind, well into double digits behind uh, in, in both of those rounds. And what did Jim do? Did he say, well, we're a zone team. This is the way we play. You know, we're going to go out as a zone team. You know, no, he, he put the press on both those teams. You, I mean, you've watched enough Syracuse basketball over the years. They don't press. I mean, they, 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 they press in an emergency. And about to go home is an emergency. And they pressed in both of those games, really wrecked both Gonzaga and Virginia in those circumstances with, you know, with what was an amazing press for a team that didn't press much. And they were able to make a Final Four trip that – Otherwise, wouldn't have happened. And I think that more coaches, and I look back to 2018 when when Virginia was in that game against UMBC, and they just weren't getting stops, and it wasn't working. But they were physically superior to UMBC. And there were a couple of instances early in the second half when just by proximity, they basically reached out and took the ball right out of UMBC's hands. UMBC's hands. And I kept thinking... You know, you, if you if you start to press, you might be able to do this regularly enough to get back in this game. Yeah. But they didn't do it until the very end of the game. And that's something that, 
that I think more coaches need to understand that who you are and what you do, if it's not working, when you are in this circumstance, you can't just count on it to eventually work. You have to be willing to change and and willing to take the your your best swing at getting out you know at getting out of that round and getting on to the next one. And then you can go back to being who you are and what you do, and count on it perhaps working on that day. What's wild too with the two three zone with Syracuse is many people bark. Many of those people barking as anti Bayheim and anti Syracuse people. Oh, come on. How can you not beat the 2 3 zone? He's been running the same. Si- it's not the same. Every year, it's developed differently based on. I know that they're long and lean in the forwards and the wings, all you know, the big guards and the length, all that stuff. I know that that's what the bread and butter is, the look of it. Um, but, but he develops it differently. He uses the personnel he has. He changes some things up depending on who's coming off the bench. Usually it's not a deep bench. He works with that. Sometimes it looks like a 4-1, then it's a 3-2, then it's a 2-3, then it's, you know, there's guys all over the place. Mike Bray has always said, hey, just when you think you have an opening, there's an arm or a hand in the way. Um, you know, people don't realize that, that as this thing goes on and as the tournament goes on in specific years, game to game, coaches, players, personnel, opponent, that zone changes. It adjusts too, Mike. It's not just the same zone every single time. Yeah, that's one of the things that I don't think people understand about it is that is is how sophisticated it is and and how it changes not only from game to game but from year to year based on who's who are the personnel and and how it's different uh, when when you have one group of players versus another and and it's it's it, it, and it does you know I mean in 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 conference play it's not the great advantage that it is in the postseason yep. because teams do see it and and they you know and they, and they see you know they'll see it like if i'm the coach at let's say duke uh, so i just made myself the greatest coach of all time um if i'm the coach at duke i not only see it when i'm preparing for for syracuse i might see it when i'm preparing for north carolina because they just got done playing syracuse say or i might see it because i i want i'm more focused in on ACC game. So if there's an ACC game on TV and I've got a spare minute, I'm going to watch that over necessarily a game from the Pac-12 or Big 12 or whatever because these are the teams I've got to play and this is the league race that's affecting me and all that. So they see it a ton and eventually it does help that coach, but it it it's, doesn't help the coach who's in uh, in the in the Big Ten because they're hardly ever watching Syracuse. Uh, or in the in the Big Twelve because they're hardly ever watching Syracuse. It, it 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 rarely comes up. And the other thing is that when they do see it in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, for instance, they're not seeing it at at its best. Unless in the rare occasion where Syracuse might return all their starters or whatever, and that's been a while for that. Um, they, they're not going to see it close to its best because they're going to see it when it's just getting started. And it, and by the time you get to March. It's as good as it's going to get, it, it it because they've had four months, five months of daily practice on it. Is this Gonzaga's year? I do think so. I mean, they, they, for one, they, they have the best team, and for two, it has the the, the the field has thinned out a little bit from what they might have faced. There are fewer there are fewer threats out there now. Some of them are on the other side of the bracket. Some of the some of the threats that have been weaned are on the other side of the bracket, and they'll almost certainly play a great team from from the, the opposite side of the bracket if they make it to the championship game. And that, but uh, you, 
you don't have you don't have Illinois, which was kind of built uh, in, in an ideal way to deal with what Gonzaga brings. I mean, I, I think that honestly, now having watched the game, I think that Illinois would have done better playing Gonzaga in the second round than they did playing Loyola. Hmm. It just you know the, the matchup would have been better for them, but they're gone. Uh, it, you got Purdue gone, which I thought had a decent shot. Uh, Texas Tech oh, gone. I'm not sure that they would have been able to hang with the with the Zags uh, scoring wise, but they're they're not around any longer. Uh, so I, you, you, they don't have to guard Luca Garza now. I mean, they might have to guard Evan Mobley, and, but they but Evan's Evan's going to be a challenge if they if they happen to face him. They're, he's a challenge because he's so dynamic, but he's highly unlikely to put 35 on you. It's just not what who he's been. Uh, that's been Luca Garza almost every day for two years. So a lot of things that could have bothered them will, will, will not happen now. Uh, their, their offense is overwhelming at its best. Their defense is better than did people realize because their rep for D isn't great. But statistically, it's been really strong. And I, I just watched them play Oklahoma, and I thought Oklahoma played really well. Uh, not a great team, but they've beaten some really good teams this year. And I thought they played really well. And you look at it, and you're 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 playing your best, and Gonzaga already has you down double digits. I mean, that's that's the way it goes because they 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 can score at such a prolific level. Yeah, they're so efficient offensively. This Loyola Chicago run this year compared to a few years ago, how's it similar? How's it different? I think it's. I think first of all, it's different because they've beaten a better team in Illinois than I think if they did in any point in, in I'm sure that at, at any point in the 2018 run I mean they had to go to the very top of the mountain to win this game uh, Miami was a good team um, but not a great team uh, when they got into the Sweet 16 I've, if I remember I think they had to play Nevada and Kansas State to get into the final four I mean very good teams but not great teams I think that was a seven and an eight uh, so it, 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 it's this is this was much more challenging for them to have to do what they did. They had to be uh, the champion of the ACC tournament and the Big Ten tournament, and they were able to do both. And I, I think the I think one of the other ways it's different is that uh, they're they're not as good offensively as they were then. I mean, the Richardson, uh, Custer, those guys were really good offensive players. Uh, they, they had, I think uh, Ingram was the other player that they had. They had some really good offensive players on that team. This one is a little bit less uh, prolific offensively, uh, but defensively, I think they're better. I mean, they, they're they number one D in Ken Palm's efficiency rankings now. Uh, they're, they're hard to go against when you have a guy like Io DeSumo can't get anywhere on the floor. I mean, I think he had nine points in the game. And Io specialized in if they weren't playing well, just taking over, and he couldn't. He couldn't do it. He couldn't get started because Loyola defended him so well. Okay, let's move to a couple of of really interesting, I think, uh, things going on in 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 the same bracket, um, <clears throat> and and that's in the East. Michigan and Florida State are left. Obviously, I got Florida State in in the Final Four, and then you've got Alabama, UCLA. The Alabama-Michigan dynamic is, is really intriguing to me because Nate Oates is fresh at Bama and because Juwan Howard is fresh at Michigan. Um, those two guys, that region, uh, the match, you got UCLA in there, you got Hamilton, you know, Leonard Hamilton going for a Final Four here again. I mean, this is, this is really great stuff here in the regional semis. But Alabama-Michigan, those two teams here, 
Howard and Oates, those guys are becoming quickly, Mike, powerful, big-time coaching names here. What do you like about those two guys? Well, I think that what I what I, Jawan was our coach of the year for 2020-21 at Sporting News, and partly because they had such great success, but also because he conquered a, 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 a an obstacle that – very few rarely uh, really do, and that's um, becoming a significantly successful major college basketball coach after having spent only time as a player and very little time coaching in it. Uh, if you look at the history of that person, I work in the NBA uh, so I can do this college thing. You know, we all, we hear a lot about the failures of Rick Pitino and John Calipari and uh, Lon Kruger and, and some others, uh, Leonard you mentioned, uh, who have gone from college to the NBA. We hear about those guys all the time, but you never hear about how re- more regularly they fail going the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at uh, uh, you know Mike Dunleavy at, at uh, Tulane, uh, Bob Hill back when he went to Fordham, um, uh, Clyde Drexler at Houston, Chris Mullen at, at, at St. John's and Avery Johnson at Alabama. I mean, they're they, they didn't all fail spectacularly. I mean, Chris just, just didn't quite work. And um, Avery, it just didn't quite work. Uh, some of them were spectacular failures. Uh, Dunleavy at Tulane was a disaster. Um, Bob Hill at Fordham was a disaster. And those guys are great basketball coaches. But the problem that often is misunderstood by them is that it's not always about basketball when you coach college. Yeah. I, I put it at about, and I, it's just a sort of a guesstimate, but I always put it at about 35%. And obviously, coaches themselves would say, would ha- might have a different interpretation, but I think I got that number from a college coach when I when, and it's been a long time since. But there's so many other things that go into being a college coach. And I, I'd say that if you're a college coach, at least 50% of your job is being a general manager. And, and maybe, you know, and that's certainly true now, that you have to manage your roster pretty much every day of the year. I mean, it's not just, okay, you got the recruits on the board and the seniors are over here and maybe a couple of guys' names on there because they're they're pro prospects and who do we have to replace. Now it's 12 names, 13 names on a board, and any one of them can leave you tomorrow. I mean, that's the truth. And you have to be ready to replace them. And so the, that part of the job is really time-consuming and it's challenging and it's tricky and you have to be able to manage all that, not to mention the part about making sure your guys are going to class and the responsibility that you have for their behavior that doesn't exist in the NBA. Uh, if an NBA guy gets in trouble, it's his problem. If a college player gets in trouble, it's slightly his problem and massively your problem as coach. And all that goes into being a successful college coach, and a lot of guys have missed that when making the step from – NBA to college. Who didn't? Fred Hoiberg didn't miss that, and he hired Bobby Lutz, not because he needed help understanding basketball. It doesn't hurt to have a guy who's won a ton of games and called timeouts and been in the tournament and all that, but it's mostly about how do you be a college coach. So when Jawan came in, he kept a, a, a couple of members of the Michigan staff that have been so successful under John in terms of their coaching and recruiting, and then he brought somebody in who'd been a head coach. Bill Martelli, not because again, not because he needed to be told when to call timeout and all that, but because he understood how a, a high major program operated. 
what happens in a, in a college circumstance, the mechanics of it. He's been through that, and that's where Phil has been extremely helpful. Obviously, like I said, it doesn't hurt to have a guy who's been in the Elite Eight and been a number one team to say, you know, hey, you know, maybe you want to switch defenses here or whatever. But it's more about running the program, and that's why, you know, Jawan's decision there was so key, and he's done a magnificent job of recruiting. It's another thing that sometimes eludes uh, that that pro to college guy. Uh, I, I really love what he's done there and, and can't say enough about him, obviously. Um, Nate Oates, what, what impresses me about Nate Oates is that they, he went down there and he inherited some really good players. John Petty, uh, their, their senior guard, Herbert Jones, their senior forward. Those guys are really good players and they were both there for him. And, and but keeping them on board, uh, you know, keeping them, you know, in the program when, they had had a coaching change. Um, they both are pro prospects and could have been one of the, either or both could have been those guys who say, you know, I've done this whole college thing for two years. You know, it's I'm, I'm not a superstar. I'm not a lottery pick, but I can go play pro and, uh, you know, and all that. And, you know, those guys, it, they happen at a lot of programs, but Nate Oates kept them in. And and that and that has been, you know, enormous for this Alabama team. They're, they're probably uh, – Alabama's two best players, if not two of the three, depending on Javon Quinterly, bringing Quinterly in and getting out of him what was in there. I mean, I'm not saying Jay Wright wouldn't eventually have done that because Jay is one of you know if, if he's not the best coach in the country, he's in the he's on the he's on the short list. But it didn't happen there at Villanova, and it has happened at Alabama. Uh, so you have to give him a ton of credit for doing that, and the willingness to be unconventional on offense has been good uh, they've they've probably been a little bit less uh three point happy as they've gotten closer to the end of the season because they can be because the defense has evolved to the point where they don't have to outscore you uh and you know if they're not you know and, and make you know 20 30 three point shots they don't have to do that now uh they can they can you know make a, a regular high number that a, that a three point oriented team would make and they can still beat you. Final one for you, Mike. Uh, my alma mater, St. Bonaventure, a terrific year, obviously. Won the regular season, A-10. Won the conference tournament. They get the automatic bid. Wish they had, you know, gone down swinging against LSU, but those things happen. As you said, March cares only about what today brings. Uh, everybody comes back, at least so far on, on paper, unless some things change. What about this program, though? It feels kind of like a little bit of a golden age of Bonna Hoops. They're kind of on the map a lot more. Mark Schmidt's done a tremendous job. Just from your seat, what have you seen with the Bonnies here uh, in 2020, 2021, and, and maybe in just a couple of recent years in, in the future? The state of the program right now is, is, is pretty good. One of the things that I love about St. Bonaventure is that they have an understanding of their history. And, and the appreciation of what Lanier did and all that. And, but an understanding of this is not easy. You know, it's, it's not easy to win in our league. It's not easy to win at Bonnie's. Um, and so when, you know, when you have someone like Mark Schmidt, who has been extraordinarily successful over a decade plus, even though he's made three tournament appearances, there's no – Hey, how come we're not in the final four? How come we're not in the sweet 16? Yeah. How come we're not, you know, how come we don't make the tournament every year or whatever? That's so many places. But 
Bonnie's fans understand this isn't easy. If we got it really good, this guy's a great coach, and we're going to enjoy everything he brings to us. And and not, hey, there's got to be somebody out there that can do this better, which is so many places. No doubt. And and disappointingly so. And and so I'm, I, you know, obviously the most important thing that happened this spring, relative to next year, is not just the retention of of so many players uh, to date, but also the retention of Mark. Yep. In the circumstance when his alma mater had an opening, and, and and honestly, you know, I once called former Bonnie's coach Jim Barron the patron saint of forlorn programs. That was the line that I came up with for him because St. Francis, I mean, I, I St. Francis, middle of nowhere. Uh, I, it's great, great, beautiful place, but you know, I mean, it's like an hour from anywhere. And then, of course, uh, you know, uh, St. Bonaventure in Olean. Um, is you know that's not a close place to anywhere, and and then he goes to Rhode Island and digs Rhode Island out of a terrible mess. Rhode Island, you know, had 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 some success in the past, but when he got there, it was a train wreck. And he did well at all of those places, and that you know, and that's you know, that's how BC didn't look at what he'd done at at Bonnie's and say, you know, he's doing it at a place that it's really hard. And our place is by far the hardest in the ACC. So if there's anybody that can do it here, wouldn't it be somebody that could do it there? And instead they went with a young up and comer. Well, they've done that before and it hasn't worked. And, you know, I wish, I wish him the absolute best. I hope it works out, but it's a hard, hard, hard job. It may even be harder to win in the ACC. It probably is. It's probably even harder to win at, BC in the ACC than it is to win at St. Bonaventure in the A-10. Uh, and that's, you know, and that's saying a lot. Uh, so to be able to, you know, to, to keep Mark around, I think that's great news for St. Bonaventure. I think they have the, you know, usually I try to use the word ideal because ideal doesn't mean perfect. It means, you know, about as good as you can get. But I think St. Bonaventure has the perfect coach for its program and to be able to keep him around is extraordinary and promises promises more success in the future wonderful sporting news big 10 network studio analyst doing the brackets for fox sports the amazing college basketball writer and insider mike decorsi at tsn mike on twitter make sure you give him a follow mike great to catch up really uh, was, was terrific to have you enjoy the rest of the hoops and uh, we'll do it again real soon all right Absolutely, Mike. A pleasure to be on with you. So amazing to catch up with Mike DeCourcy. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. StanleyLawOffices.com. Stanley Law Offices is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. A big tip of the cap. Thank you as well to Hides of Liverpool, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State, and our good, good pals over at Camilla's Golf Club. They're open if you're in and around Central New York. It's time to go play some golf. I'm so pumped. Hoping to meet a lot of you listeners and followers uh, to play some golf uh, in and around Central New York, greater state of New York if you're traveling through. People travel hours and piles of time uh, to uh, you know play, play courses. Uh, people travel to the Adirondacks. Uh, they go to, to Buffalo from Syracuse, Rochester, etc., downstate. Uh, and so Camillus is a great place to be as well. Since 1962, some of the great greens and views in central New York. Book a tea time, play golf, check out the shop, make sure you grab a burger and a beer afterwards at the amazing, amazing uh, pub that they have there uh, right on site. 
Uh, you can e-gift shop online as well. Contact them online. CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. Camillus Golf Club is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Be on the lookout for my ML Sports takes and 9-Minute with Mike Winsley videos all over Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and IGTV. The ML Sports Platter is a part of the Brawl Network. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshall's. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.